Welcome to the LinkedIn Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastors Joel and Trish Gregory bring the final installment of their transformational series entitled Healthy Love. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. All right, so we are picking up with Healthy Love Part 4, and this is the final part we're going to conclude today. But I want to let you know, Pastor Gregory and I will be going live on Tuesday night at 7 p.m., Linked Up Church on the Facebook Live, and if you're an IG person, Trish Gregory on IG, okay? That's 7 o'clock this Tuesday, because we know we're not going to finish all this, because we're going to get in your business. <laughs> and let you know right now, we're going to hit you right between the eyes today, all right? All right. So quick recap, the foundation scripture is 1 John chapter 3, verse 18 in a New Living Translation, which tells us, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other, but let us show the truth by our deeds. We know that the truth lives within us because we demonstrate love and action, which will reassure our hearts in his presence. Whenever our hearts make us feel guilty and remind us of our failures, we know that God is much greater and more merciful than our conscience. And he knows everything there is to know about us. My delightfully loved friends, when our hearts don't condemn us, we have a bold freedom to speak face to face with God. And whatever we ask him, because we keep his commands and by our beautiful intentions, we continue to do what brings pleasure to him. So these are his commands, that we continually place our trust in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and that we keep loving one another just as he has commanded us. Now, what is healthy love? We know that healthy is defined as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity, the state of being alive, productive, growing and affecting. Mm. Love is defined as a willingness to prioritize another's well-being or happiness over our own, regardless of their response, given that we know and understand how to love ourselves. So we know now that we cannot define love for ourselves, but there is only one that can define love, and that is the creator of love, which is who? God. God, right? And so with that, we cannot understand or achieve God's love without what? The Word of God. His Word. We must learn love by the Word of God. So now, how do we do, where do we go from there? We must, in His Word, we know and we must recognize God's love towards us. We must know and recognize God's love towards us, and that can be only be found in our relationship through, with him, which is fostered by his word. Mm -hmm. And then with that, from there, we learn how to love ourselves. And when you learn how to love ourselves, which is where we've been concentrating, you will love others yeah. as you love yourselves. Yeah. You cannot love anyone beyond the scope of you loving yourself. Right. No one will love you more than you love yourself besides God. That's right. So actually, they're going to love others as they love them. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So last week, we were talking about part one of loving yourself, which was learning to forgive yourself. Mm. Learning to forgive yourself for whatever has happened, whether it was your fault or someone else's fault, whether you were the victim or whether, uh, whether you were the victim or whether you were the victimizer. 
learning to forgive yourself. I've gotten so many testimonies. I don't think I have ever gotten this many testimonies. I've gotten cards and letters in the mail with a stamp, y'all. <laughs> you know, people are quick to email these days, but I've gotten cards and letters. Thank you. Just being encouraged. I've mentioned, and I've mentioned it before, but I guess this is so, so, so new of a crowd. When I talked about having had abortions, right, too, and, and what kind of guilt that put on me and what I concluded from that and how I kept myself trapped in a prison. And many of you ladies and, and even a guy have made mention and, or shared testimony of how that ministered to them. Praise God. But that's not it. No matter where you are in life, no matter what has happened, forgive yourself. Part two where we pick up at today is now setting boundaries. Setting boundaries. And oftentimes we talk about setting boundaries as it pertains to women. But let me tell you something. Guys, you need some boundaries too. <laughs> you need some boundaries too because sometimes that ego, and men suffer from this at a greater rate than women, that ego will sort of make you feel obligated to be the savior the provider at a higher level than what is necessary, what God has called you to be. No one ever called you to replace him. God has called us to obey him. That's right. Okay? Listen to this. It says, I wrote down here, what is boundaries? What is the definition of boundaries? And simply put, it is limits, parameters, or barriers. Period. So do we need to put limits, parameters, and barriers with for ourselves and other people in our relationships? No doubt about it. No doubt about it, right? And, and does that include marriage? Oh, yeah. That includes marriage, y'all. Mm -hmm. now, now, I'm not talking about, listen, don't take this where it don't need. Hi, people online. <laughs> Type in, don't take this somewhere it doesn't need to be. If you are married, she has rights to everything that belongs to you, and he has rights to everything that belongs to you. Everything but my cell phone. No, no, your cell phone is the main thing that I have a right to. You can't go on my cell phone. I, no. I have passcode. I can open this thing up. I know. Now, if you don't go looking for nothing, you won't find nothing. I open it. I have the liberty, if I want to, to go through it. He's not on social media, but when he wants to check on something, just to be checking on it, he, I just give him my phone. And he stays with my phone for sometimes up to an hour, hour and a half. I'm lying. You do. I'm you lying. do. You know you do. Lying in church. You God do. ain't going to annoy you me. Do. You do. He'll get on there, forget he's on my phone, and start looking at other stuff because I have the better phone. <laughs> now, I have a bigger phone, so he can see better on that phone, right? I have all, in fact, some of his stuff, I set the passcode on it. He don't even know how to get into his uh, payroll passcode. <laughs> Now, he knows what hits the bank account. <laughs> but, so in other words, I'm not talking about those type of barriers, right? If you are married, be married. One flesh, which means there are no secrets among you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and even for single people, sometimes the relationship can't get to where it needs oh, to go. Oh, I know, that's right. Because they don't respect Thank each you, other's babe. boundaries. Thank right? you, babe. So once someone communicates to you what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, you should not override that. Right? And if you're in one of those where they do, where what you say and the boundaries that you set doesn't matter to them, 
That's a controlling environment. And you really need to pay attention to that. So if you say you go to bed at 9 because you have to get up early to go to work, you appreciate if you don't call after 9 o'clock because you go to bed, they call at 1030. They're not respecting your boundaries. Right? And, of course, that's just one example. But whatever boundaries are set up, it, it should be respected in the dating phase because if it's not respected in the dating phase, it certainly won't be respected in the marriage. That's good. That is so good. And I often say we teach people how to treat us. And let me d- disclaim another part. We're not talking about sin here. We're not talking, sin is sin, and we should, uh, as believers, as believers online people, we should know that that's not a boundary, that's a commandment to obey. And so why do I say that? Because when we start in the dating process and we say that we're Christian, men, women, we say we're Christian, that should automatically denote certain boundaries, especially as it pertains to sin. Yep, so an example of that, the first night I meet her, right? And I believe men, all males are leaders. Yes. So, you, so, it's, so it's your men, job. And the men said. Yeah, they didn't say amen to that, did I they? I know. But all males are born leaders, right? And so the first night we met, I set the boundaries for what this friendship would be. There would be no uh, sex. So if that's something you're looking for, this is probably not the right friendship. I mean, no, that's refreshing to a woman for a man to say something like that to her, right? Then I told her what I did. I said, I'm the youth pastor here, and so I teach these kids this. And so if I violate any of this, then you have every right to go straight to the pastor and tell him exactly what I did because I shouldn't be in that position of leading children if I'm not living that myself. So all these boundaries were set that we wouldn't kiss a certain way, we wouldn't date in the home. All of these boundaries were set at the beginning. Now, keep in mind, we don't make it if she doesn't respect that. I used to say to her, if you violate that, I'm going to remove myself from the relationship. But if I violate it, you should remove yourself from the relationship. And he didn't make it hard on me. I made it hard on you. You didn't make it hard on me. Oh, I didn't make it hard, yeah. Yeah, so, so believe it or not. I don't friend. know. Sometimes you are trying to. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. So, so watch this. I, and again, singles, I pray that you're listening, right? So the first time she saw, because there's another part of the message where even this will make sense. She didn't even see our bedroom until we came back from the honeymoon. Because I already knew that if I took her there before that. Wasn't nothing going to happen? I would have tried. You got game. Well, this tried. game ain't that tight. <laughs> No, but sin was the given, right? We, we knew not to, and you, as a Christian, there should be this automatic understanding that sin is off limits. Right. Now, this is where the boundaries came in when he said, we're not going to tongue kiss because, you know, <laughs> your body goes where your tongue leads, right? <laughs> we wouldn't date one-on-one in the home, Amen. right? We wouldn't go into the bedroom, okay? So those were the boundaries that were set to keep us from the temptation of sin. You will hear this said often. It's easier to avoid sin than it is to resist sin. So don't even put yourself in the environment for you dating people. But this is where confusion sets in, and this this needs to be said. 
Confusion happens when I say that I'm a Christian and he's digging on me and I'm digging on him. And then we get a little too close. It gets a little too hot. And then now we're doing it. But we both say we're Christians. So we know now that it's not really that deep. Our Christianity isn't that deep. Well, what you don't know, whether you acknowledge it or not, you have ingested a seed of distrust. There is an automatic, subconscious, spiritual seed of distrust that takes place because if you said you were Christian, I said I was Christian, and we're both violating that, then what's supposed to be a, an, an internal, eternal value, we know that the two of us are willing to compromise, at least for one another. So if for one another, then with who else? Okay? That's where confusion sets in, and that needed to be said. Now, boundaries should exist, as I said, in all relationships. This is where self-care, growth, and awareness take place, both physically, emotionally, and mentally. Listen to this statistic. In 19, I mean, in 2019, 20, yeah, 2022, there was a psych, Psychology Today survey conducted whereby 49% of over 300,000 adults surveyed said that they identified themselves as people pleasers. 49% of about 300,000 adults identified themselves as people pleasers where internally they were saying no, but because they didn't want to upset somebody, externally they said yes. All right? So, what is boundaries? Let's talk about some boundaries. Of course, the word of God, I'm not getting into your personal space. I don't know you. You know you. So you have some personal boundaries that you may need to set, but let's talk about some good biblical boundaries. What God says, God says, exercise these boundaries so that you don't end up in a state of sin, in a state of displeasure, in a state of strife. All right? So now, the first one, protect your time and space. Protect your time and space. I encourage you to take notes because I added some things, we added some things to this that may not be in the notes. You can find the notes on our Linked Up Church app or on the YouVersion Bible app. Now, listen to this. Be honest with your responses. Be honest with your responses. Yeah, from last week, there's some room for interpretation, if you were here last week. But be honest with your responses. Learning the limits of you and your relationships requires being honest with your availability and willingness to do or to be what another person requests. Now, I'm talking about your money. I'm talking about your time, your service, your connections or referrals, whatever the case may be. And the list goes on and on and on. So listen to what James chapter 5, verse 12 in the second part, part B, says in the Passion Translation. He says, but instead, we must be so full of integrity that our yes means yes and our no means no. It's convincing enough and we do not stumble into hypocrisy. We do not need to stumble into hypocrisy. In other words, I said yes, but I didn't mean it. So now I got a bad attitude while I'm helping you. Now, the smallest thing you do to show that you don't appreciate my yes at the sacrifice of what I should have said no, 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm all of a sudden got sharp responses to you. How many of you found yourself in a position where you said yes, you really wanted to say no, you did it anyway, but then the minute something, I mean the smallest thing happened, they spilt the milk and you on 10. So you don't appreciate nothing that I do. You always got something to say. I'm just trying to help you. And da, 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 da. If you're going to show up like that. Don't show up. Don't show up. Right? Listen to what else this covers. Listen to this. <laughs> and I know this happens a lot in this day and age, but the economy is the way it is. Proverbs 22 26 and 27, this is not in your notes. This is the New Living Translation. He says, don't agree to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for someone else. If you can't pay it, even your bed will be snatched from under you. Don't go co-signing or partnering with anybody. If you can't trust and know that they got you 100% or that you cannot you cannot fulfill the debt by yourself. People go into business with one another for convenience sake because one person got the money, the other person got the skill. That's fine. I always encourage having a person, being a person in business, I would get this consultation all the time, offer this consultation all the time. You better draw up a strong contract, a strong contract. Even in marriage, there is a contract called the B-I-B-L-E. Because no matter what, in every partnership, listen to what I say, in every partnership, marriage, siblings, business, whatever, one person always believes that they're doing more than the other. One person believes that they're doing a bit more than the other. It is very easy to sink into this notion that I'm doing more than he is in the marriage. It's very easy for him to sink into the notion that he's doing more than I am. But you know what? It's not that. We just have clear-cut um, responsibilities. And it's easy if you're carnal-driven to believe that your responsibility trumps the other's responsibility. But it's when the two of you work together that you are a glove in hand. That's right. That you are a well-oiled machine. In business, if you understand that up front, that it is us working together that's supposed to make this thing work, then you're not looking at who's doing more and who's doing less. Mm -hmm. You're looking at the productivity. That's right. Wow. And you're measuring that, and that can be better. That should be better year after year after year. And then this is the last one that I'll add. Proverbs 27, 6, the Passion Translation. This one right here, is, uh, it hits hard. It can hit hard. It says, you can trust a friend who wounds you with his honesty, but your enemy's pretended flattery comes from insincerity. The hard truth from a friend is better than words, sweet words from someone insincere or an enemy. So oftentimes people don't want to be honest. Now we have this culture of keeping it 100, of I'm just being real. If it's not fruitful, then it's not productive. But where it is fruitful, be honest. Be honest, right? There's plenty of opportunity in a marriage for us to just keep it under wraps or not be honest about something. 
because we don't want to, especially guys do this a lot, because I, I just don't want to argue. Wives, let me back up real quick. In Genesis chapter 3, when she took that bite, and then he took that bite, and he blamed her, she blamed the devil, the devil just was just, well, yeah, I did it, so what, I won, right? And, and when God came and he announced that she will forever, you will forever long after your husband. Wives, girlfriends, yes, fiancés. That other part, but he will rule over you. I just wanted to make sure you had all of it. Listen, I'm not interrupting your stuff. <laughs> it does say that. <laughs> right? That's order, right? Not literally rule over, controlling, but... It's order. It's order. Listen, ladies, you are a help meet. You will always... It's, it's in us to want more from our spouses or significant others, our husbands. We're going to want more for them. We're going to want more from them. It is always going to happen because it is innate. The fruit of the, the fruit of the, not the fruit, but the, the, the curse of the fall made that where it is. It is God's son, his saving grace that brings awareness to us so that we can have wisdom on how we conduct ourselves as wives in that effort of wanting more from and for him. So you will always have something to say. Notice Proverbs says over and over and over again that it is better to live on the rooftop or in the corner of a large house than to deal with a nagging woman. Say it again. Preach, say that one more time. It is better for him to be on the rooftop or in the corner of a large house, large house, than to deal with a nagging, complaining woman. Because her nagging is like the continual drip, 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 drip of, a faucet, of a faucet, right? So when we're talking about here honesty, when we're talking about boundaries, when we're talking about um, you know, letting your yes be yes and your no be no. Just know that, I mean, and it can go so far, and we can't exhaust all of it, but there is some boundaries that we need to learn and understand, but we also need to observe and be honest with ourselves about. Yeah. And then when we do, then we're able to better locate ourselves because, see, what we end up sowing, we end up reaping. That's good. All right. So real good. So... Excellent. So, loving yourself requires boundaries, right? And so, yes. letter A was to protect your time and, and your, your space. Right? Yes. And so, we need to do that at work, at home. We need to do that in our personal lives, right? So, at work, my off days are Mondays and Tuesdays. So, believe it or not, I don't want to hear from anybody from work on Mondays and Tuesdays. Now, Siobhan is new. She was blowing me up last Monday and Tuesday all day long. But because she's new, I just let her go. But I'm using this time in this pulpit right now. <laughs> Ask me those questions on Sunday and Wednesday. 
Friday is even better so I can enjoy my weekend. And then, believe it or not, in my marriage, I have a day where I don't want to be with her or around the kids. And me too. Yeah, and she has her own day. So every Tuesday is called my day. And that's where I get to do what I want to do all day long without the responsibility of being a husband or a father. So if that's ride my bike for four or five hours, if that's stay at the gym, if that's whatever it is, I do me. And how many of y'all know that's healthy? And believe it or not, that one day makes me look forward to coming back and being a husband and a father. That one day every week. We're talking to thousands of people right now, so we got to qualify that. He does not forego responsibilities or priorities. They know that. No, no, let's, let's you gotta say, you gotta it, say it these days. Okay. So if there's something that needs to get done, he's gonna, now he's gonna let me know. You couldn't schedule this on another day. But if there's something that needs to get done, he will respond. Siobhan's situation, she's under a serious time crunch. Yeah, which is why I was And so that's why he responded quickly. And that's why he didn't say, uh, deal with this on, let's deal with this on Wednesday, because he'll do that. But because she's under a time crunch to his request, that's why that was okay. See, and so I handled this. I handled this so nicely <laughs> and sweetly, right? So, but what's my point? Protect your time and your space. It's your time and your space. So, so if you're single, set these parameters up first. We both knew going into the marriage how that was going to be. Right? So we had what we call my day, our day, and then family day. Right? And which day of the week each of that would happen on. All right? Letter B. Let's talk about be secure in your salvation. Be secure in your salvation. You know, what I've learned after 35 years, almost 35 years of being saved, everyone is poking at and challenging your salvation. No one really believes you are who you say you are or what you present yourself to be. And so if you don't understand that, then other people will come, I think, sometimes sent by the devil to just poke at you and poke at you to try to get you off of your square just to demonstrate that you aren't what you're up presenting to the people, right? And so if you're not secure in that, how I many of you can let people get you away from ultimately what God called you to do? Right? And so being secure in your salvation is fully understanding that God is always at work in you and it's his heart to continue to improve who you are and bring you to a place where your actions always please him. So if you wake up every day and you learn how to live for an audience of one, you'll have a more productive day. So that means I'm living today to please God, right? Of course, I'm going to do my job with excellence and everything. But I mean, no, your best efforts on your job doesn't always please people. Right? And so you have to be secure knowing that you still did your best and God is pleased with your efforts. Because everyone won't praise you. Everyone won't say, you're, you know, you did a great job. Hello sometimes. And sometimes they're not doing it on purpose. They don't mean to. But then there's others that just, if you did a great job, they're going to poke at that. Right? And you have to be secure in your salvation. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2. It was really when I got saved, my mentor is really my, my favorite text here was, was right here. When I uh, grew in my salvation and I began to mentor other people, I would start with this text uh, right here. Let's read it together. Philippians chapter 2, 12 and 13. Out of the Amplified says this. So then Paul writing to uh, the saints at Philippi, he says, so then my dear ones, 
Just as, you, just as you have always obeyed my instructions with enthusiasm, how I many it always blesses every leader, every, anyone in a healthy relationship or a healthy love relationship when someone obeys you with enthusiasm? Right? Isn't that a blessing right there when you ask them to do something and they're excited about doing whatever it is that you ask them to do? This is what Paul is referring to. But then he says here, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence because he was getting ready to leave him. So what he's saying is the same way that you've been in my presence, I want you to be that same way in my absence. How many of you know that's real maturity? Because sometimes people will be one way in your presence mm. and something completely different when you're absent, right? And so Paul is, is really helping them to grow and be mature. But he says, now much more in your absence. Notice what he says. Continue to work out your salvation. Now, how many of you know it's your salvation, not my salvation? Did you all catch that? How many of you know I can't work out your salvation? You can't work out my salvation. Right, so, so what Paul said to them was, work out your own salvation. Now, this phrase, work out, in the Greek means to work fully or to accomplish, and I love this, to finish or to perform or to work out. So, so what does that mean, your salvation? Salvation is the Greek word soteria, and it literally means your rescue, your safety, your morality, your deliverance, your health your prosperity, right? And so if I can make this plain for you, the only thing God can do is work the word into you. And he'll do that through ministers, through your own personal study, your own devotion, but he can't work it out of you. So so his part is to work it in, your part is to work it out. That's good. Right? It's, It's no different. You can go to the gym and a trainer can show you every exercise in the gym. But he can't do the workouts for you. Right? And so I just want you to really understand that. We can teach you about finances, but it's your job to work that out in your own personal life. Because believe it or not, how God uses you to work it out in your life won't have anything to do with the way it's worked out in the person next to you's life. Your marriage is not our marriage. So if you try to mimic our marriage, you're getting ready to tear your marriage up. You've got to work out your salvation in your marriage. So as that word is worked in, we have a responsibility to work it out, okay? And that's our responsibility. So Paul says here, uh, let me go back. All right, and so he says here, to work out your own salvation. And then notice how he says to do that. I love how he says to do it. Work out your own salvation with what? With fear and trembling. See that? It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The Amplified says, that is to cultivate it, to bring it to full effect, to actively pursue spiritual maturity. Well, how do you actively pursue spiritual maturity? How do you do that? Can anyone tell me? How do you actively pursue spiritual maturity? Reading the word, that's excellent. Doing the work, right? So I've got to read it, and then I have to do it, right? Apply it to my life. How often should I do that? Daily. Daily. So actively means something that's really a part of my routine, right? And so he says here, actively work on your spiritual maturity with all inspired fear and trembling. I love this. Using serious, uh, (laughs) this is interesting, 
serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God. Using serious caution and critical self-evaluation. That is so good. Serious caution and critical evaluation, which means I stop and think before I just do stuff. See, so, so like when we talk about boundaries, right, there's just certain things I know about myself so I don't put myself in certain situations, right? One of them is I just won't ever let a female, I don't go get massages. Because how many of you know your body is just your body? And if somebody rubbing on your body, rubbing on your shoulders, rubbing on your chest. I can do create. a massage for you. Hmm? Hmm? I can do a massage. Yeah, you can do it. You see what happens every time. You... <laughs> and all the fellas said, yeah. amen. And, and that's just me. How many of you know that might not be you? That's me working out my own salvation. That's me knowing me. That doesn't have anything to do with you. Because sometimes people will hear that and say, it doesn't have anything to do with you. I'm working out my salvation. And you have to work out yours. So I actually know what I'm, I'm really seriously being cautious and I'm self-evaluating everything that I do. I don't meet with females in my office unless I've known you a long time. I meet out in the executive suite. Is that because I don't trust them? No, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with that. I just don't put myself in those situations. Right? Immediately, if, if, if a female says something to me that just sounds something, I lead with my marriage. So if they say something, hey, how are you doing? What, what are you doing after you leave the gym today? Well, I got family responsibility today. I, my wife needs me to go and, and take care of a few uh, errand business type things, right? There's another time I was at the gym, and this, this uh, trainer kept asking if she could personally uh, work. Uh, she was new, so she said, can I, can I train you? And I said, yeah, if you train my wife and me, right? And so watch this now. And then she circled back around and asked me again. And then one day my wife was on the elliptical machine right in front of me. I said, now my wife is right there in front of me. If you're willing to train both of us, then I'll train with you. But I'm not going to train with you by myself. She never went over and asked my wife to train both of us. Which one was that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, point her out. So I'm talking about spiritual <laughs> maturity, right? Right? Is this what we're talking about, right? So spiritual maturity requires so I can a love her up serious caution, right, and a critical self-evaluation. You have to know your own self. <clears throat> All right? If you want to continue to live a holy life. And then listen to the rest of this. To avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. Notice what it didn't say. It did not say anything that might offend your wife or your husband. So you can't live for that reason. You have to live for a reason to not offend God or Christ. Because if I live for that higher purpose, then I'm never going to offend my wife. But watch this. If I try to do it for her, I'm in trouble mm -hmm. because she can't keep me. Right, look at your neighbor and tell him this. If God can't keep you, you can't be kept. Yeah. 
So that's why I don't run around checking her phone, checking her emails, following up, looking on the app, where is she at right now? I can't live that way. Because the reality is if God can't keep her, it's really nothing I can do. Everybody clear out there? How many of y'all glad you came today? C come on, let's give God a real good hallelujah in this place. All right? For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. That's right. That's right. And, you know, another thing, doing this for God, ultimately, when he says he does this for God, he and I are two different people. We're one flesh, but we're two different people. Mm -hmm. So he has boundaries and parameters for him that's for him, that's right. that he does for God, and I benefit. And I have parameters and boundaries for me that I do for God, and he benefits. Right. If he's doing it for me, then it's very easy for him to say, well, I do this, so you should do it too. Where his boundary might not necessarily need to be my boundary. That's right, that's good. Good. And my boundary don't need to be his boundary. So if I'm doing it for him and I say, well, I don't do this, so you shouldn't do it either. Well, that's not necessary for him. Right? And so for him, you know, I could easily say, you don't want to go in that line because that line moving slow. Well, see, that's my boundary because God knows I'm growing in patience. He's one of the most patient men on the earth. He don't care about how long the line is. He's looking around, talking to people. Anybody. <laughs> the next one, hey, C. Only talk about you. Don't bring me up. No, nah, you just, <laughs> just his nickname, y'all, is BFF. What, what BBF? BF. Big friendly. Big friendly. <laughs> he, he's so sweet. He's so sweet. He, he's so friendly. But anyway, C, garbage in, garbage out. When my dad, he started working for IBM back in this uh, late 70s, um, and I would go, and he had, and before he worked for IBM, he was in school getting his uh, degree in computer science, and I would go to this class with him. It was a coding class. This is in the 70s, y'all, way back when. And I would go to a coding class, and I kept hearing the instructor say, garbage in, garbage out, garbage in, garbage out, garbage in. And I'm like, Daddy, what is he talking about? I remember I was only a little bitty girl, seven, probably eight or nine years old. And he was explaining to me that this big old computer, because back then it was a big monstrosity, and this big old computer, if you don't put the formula or the codes in right, it won't produce the, what you want. So if you put in garbage, it'll be garbage. And he, rele he relegated that to just behavior. If he says, if you, if you do bad, you're going to get bad. Right? So hear this. Listen to this. Proverbs 24, 23, we talked about it early briefly, but it says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard for out of it flows the springs of life. Be careful of what you expose yourself to. Be careful of what you expose yourself to. We had a brief conversation in a meeting talking about rated R movies. If you know you freaky and you single, don't go see no rated R movies if it has sex and violence and all this here stuff. If you, uh, it, 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 you know thine own self. Right? So... It was a strong amen over here somewhere. 
What was that? No, I'm just And the next is protect your heart, your ears, and your eyes from whatever is destructive, chaotic, evil, and sinful. Amen. Protect your heart, ears, and eyes from whatever is evil, chaotic, or sinful. A lot of times, we have experiences with people, and, you know, here's Katie, and Katie is new on staff, and then I could have an experience with her, or she could have an experience with me that could lead us to be offended, all right? I'd say that I did something to her that could lead her to be offended. Oftentimes, that offense is not a response to what I did because my intentions was not to offend, but that's coming from the well of her own experience whereby she might take certain behaviors, certain actions or reactions as being offensive. So that's where she has to work out some things. That's where she has to work out her own salvation. But she has to guard her heart so that she doesn't create this hardness of heart towards me in her that can ultimately land her getting fired, getting in trouble. Now, that's not Katie. Now, Katie just, she just a big old butterfly. But anyway, so you have to, we are charged by God to guard our heart, what we allow to settle into our heart so that we are not hardened in what God may try to be doing within us, right? There is plenty of opportunity to be offended and to stay in offense. The mature Christian will say, you know what, even if I didn't do anything and it was not in my intention to hurt you. I'm sorry, we got off to a bad start. Let's start all over. Now, if he rejects that, that's his immaturity. That's his need to grow. That's his rejection of someone's godliness. And so now, if he sows that, he'll walk in it. And it'll thereby impact his leadership and how he moves forward. Because if you corrupt one apple, that one apple can have an adverse response, and it can spread. And before you know it, it becomes your reputation. And then you wonder why your imp leadership is continuously impact. Guard your heart, for out of it comes the issues of life. Protect your e heart, ears, and eyes from whatever is destructive, chaotic, evil, or sinful. Clear your conscience of evil by not participating in what violates that. Where our consciousness is everywhere. And when we talk about 1 John 3, verses 18 to 22, he says that when our conscience tries to condemn us, and oftentimes our conscience tries to condemn us to keep us in a state of being not worthy. That's what it says there. But there's also the, the wise person, the mature person, when your conscience tries to rise up and says, um, not maybe. Take that as an awareness of who you are and what you might need to be careful of, right? If you look in a mirror, ladies, and you have to ask yourself, should I wear this? Don't wear it. <laughs> Plain and simple. Does this look okay? Mm. If you're already asking that question, you're going to be asking that question the rest of the day until you get home. So if it brings some discomfort, then no. Don't wear it. Guys, if you're in a situation, should I have done that? Should I say this? Then maybe you just don't need to say it. Proverbs talks about how, how even a fool see, looks wise if he keeps his mouth shut. 
right? Just start talking about offense. Listen to Matthew 18. Beware of offense because it will lead to sin and strife. And we know where there is evil and strife, there is every evil work. Matthew 18, 7 in the uh, CSB uh, version, it says, Woe to the world because of offenses, because offenses will inevitably come. There's going to be plenty of opportunity to, for you to be offended. But woe to that person by whom the offense comes. So we have to be careful of being in a state of offense to the point where it causes dissension. It causes division. Because a house cannot stand when it's divided. And then one of the, I wrote down here in my personal note, remember, healthy God's kind of love believes the best most effectively when there's room to believe the worst. First Corinthians 13 tells us that love believes the best. Someone didn't wake up that morning and say, I'm going to find a way to offend, hurt, or violate this person. Some people do do that. But for the most part, 98% of the time, they're not. And so if you're going to be mature in Christ, then believe the best about another person. Baby, I'm, I'm going to skip this last one. You go ahead. All right. And so it's easier. I'm going to go quick. It's easier to avoid sin. Go wrap up here. Than to resist sin. So it's easier to avoid sin than to resist sin. So we've kind of already talked about, right? And again, it's just really knowing who you are. I know for me, I really can't resist sin. So I'm honest with myself. So if I know that, then I avoid it. See, most people can't say things like that, but I can literally be honest with you. I know if I put myself in certain situations, it's a wrap. I know that about me. So I avoid it. Did anybody catch that? How many of y'all find yourself in the same situation over and over? Just be honest. We've all been there, right? Like, I want to stop doing this. I want to stay away from it. But I end up in the same situation. Don't raise your hand. But how many? I can't even ask you a question. Can anyone relate to what I just said? Can anyone relate to what I just said, right? And, well, and babe, so I, can I just interject this one yeah. time? One time, we remember we were talking. Well, no, not remember we were talking. When we first got married, and we were given a trip to Las Vegas. Now, this is going back to that adverse childhood experiences. My husband grew up as part of a gang, and my husband is loyal to a fault. He is loyal. If he's down with you, he's down with you. But me as his wife, mind you, this is like the first two or three years of our marriage. I'm still learning him. I found out how protective he will be of his wife. So talking about how if he's, if he's forced to, in a situation to resist sin, a lot of times people think of that in a sexual manner. I'm talking about something completely different. My husband, we go to Las Vegas. And when you're going down, we were going down the strip. And they kept, you know, they give you these flyers. And you know those flyers aren't inviting you to some nice little party. Right. And so he kept saying, man, leave her alone, man, leave her. No, no, thank you. No, thank you, man. Leave. And then my husband, they kept doing it. And my husband grabbed me, put me behind him and said, man, I said, leave her alone. Stop it. <laughs> and I see him rising up like he's about to hit the guy. And I'm like, babe, it's OK. OK. So he's like, you know what? Let's just go. Let's leave. And we did not go down that part of the strip at all because <laughs> he knows within him he can he can go there. A gang member, come on. He was fighting at least three times a week. He was fighting as much as some of us take vitamins. 
No, that's true. No, that's true. Uh, <laughs> but what it what what was I asked nicely though. I asked You did. That's I, what I said. For yeah. a long time you did. Said, hey man, don't 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 present that to me. That's my wife. And what was on this was nudie pictures. Naked women. This is what was on here. And they flicking them and they're trying to hand them to her. And so I asked nicely several times. The same guy circled back around and came up to her again. So so now that's disrespectful. So now that's different to me. So now I got to handle that a little differently, right? And so I just said again to him, I I asked you nicely, man, don't put that in my wife's face again or it's going to be something different. And it's interesting that once you said that, he walked on down and and went on about it. But he wasn't quite that calm about it. Yeah, I'm trying to present the nice. (laughs) All right, and so how many of y'all would agree it's easier to avoid than to resist, Right? And and so for me, I figured out a long time ago, if I don't have access to it, it's not even a temptation to me. But I also was honest enough to say to myself, if I have access to it, I'm going to be resisting this all day long and fighting this, right? And trying not to look at it and then peek at it. Come on, somebody. And then I saw it now. I'm out there now. I might as well just keep going. I'm just telling the truth. It was that way with pornography for me. If I had access to it, I couldn't stop looking at it. See how quiet it got in here? Real quiet in here right now. Somebody say amen or something now. Nod at me, wave, say that's, that's good. It was that way with that. And so I, I figured out a long time ago, I said, you know what? I can't even have cable in the house. Because HBO late at night was on and popping. Cinemax at, after 12 was on and popping. And how many know you're not sitting there watching that stuff, eating popcorn and, and uh, hello, somebody. Come on, I'm just being honest. Can we just be honest in church? And so I literally had to get the cable box out of the house. And then it wasn't even a temptation to me anymore. Now, can I be real transparent with you? When we got married, I didn't have cable. But watch this. My issue was not her issue. So I can't have her live in a house without cable because of my issues. So I had to tell her what I struggled with. Right? And so if we're going to have cable in the house, you put the passcode in and don't give it to me. We ain't because got that. I know I if I have access to it, this is helping somebody online. This is helping somebody in this room. And see, today the access is just, you don't even have to go nowhere. It's right today. in your it's hand. Just right in your hand. So you've got to put certain things and parameters in place to protect yourself. Hmm? Flashlight lights on. Thank you. All right. Can just five people say amen? What about ten? Can I get ten people to say amen? Can I get twenty people to say amen? Can I get thirty people to say amen? What about fifty? Can I get fifty? <laughs> Can I get 75 people to type amen online right now, whatever platform you're watching on? And I'm just being honest with you. Now, think about it. So I love her enough 
and respect her enough to tell her what I struggle with. Right? And so now she can help me in this area. See, because sin has its power in secrecy. Yep. So, so when you're running around trying to keep stuff from each other, remember, it's getting stronger, not weaker. Yep. And then eventually what you watch long enough, you want to act out. That's that guard in your heart. All right, let's close right here for the day. I'm so glad. There's so much excitement in this building today and enthusiasm. I can't, boy, I, have, I don't know if I've ever been in a service in my life where the energy coming from the people to the pulpit was as powerful as it is right now, right? All we're doing is being honest with you all, folks. I don't want to be the perfect pastor up there acting like I've never been through anything. We've had to work through this stuff just like you have to work to this, through this stuff to get to where we are. And you don't get there without being honest with each other. And I'm talking to husbands and I'm talking to wives right now. Remember, sin has its power in secrecy. That's good. So all that stuff you're doing when they're not home and when they're away, and remember, God sees all of that. And it's getting stronger. It's not getting weaker. Then it's not long before I want to act out. So notice what James says. We'll close here. Let's all stand to our feet. We'll close right here with James. James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15 says, But every person is tempted. That word tempted means tested or tried. God never tempts you to sin. Everybody clear on that? What did I just say? God never tempts us to sin. But he will prove the word in your life. But he never tempts you to sin. I'm going to show you this. I'll prove it to you. But every person is tempted when he is drawn away, enticed, and baited by his own evil desire. So notice, it's not even the other person. It's you. See, you got to deal with that. Every time I get around them, I mess up. No, it's you. It's not every time you get around them because it's not them, it's you. Because if it's not them, it'll be somebody else. Because you haven't dealt with what's going on inside of you. Right? Let's keep reading here. So it says, enticed and baited by his own evil desire, lust and passions. Then the evil desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully matured, brings forth death. That's why I wanted to say sin has its power in secrecy. So it's not just hanging out to be your friend. It's ultimately trying to bring death to your marriage, death to your relationships, death to your family. Come on, somebody. Sin is not your friend. Sin is not there to just hang out with you. The ultimate end game of sin every single time is to bring death and destruction, kill, steal, and destroy to your situation. So sometimes what I'm doing in private is showing up with problems in my marriage, and I don't even know where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. But it's because I haven't dealt with these secret things. Hmm? Watch this. Sometimes we see the same things in our children that we struggle with. And that's why we get so upset with them. But they're just mimicking. 
And sometimes we got to stop and be able to say, you know what? I need to give some grace to them because I need some grace from God. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm getting over the top about what they're doing. But what about what I'm doing? Which might just be showing up in my children. I'm y'all glad you came today. We could go all day long, couldn't we? But we're going to stop right here. Let's just lift our hands to the Father, right? And let's just thank God. I want you to self-evaluate right now. Go ahead and self-evaluate your own life right there where you are. Because you know you better than anybody else. Self-evaluate. Begin to think about no, no condemnation. Don't get in condemnation because everyone in this room needs to grow from the pulpit all the way up into the risers. There's no one that has arrived yet. But just give an honest self-evaluation and start thinking about some boundaries and parameters you need to put in your life. Right? David said, I, I made a covenant with my eyes. No, that was Job, actually. Job, Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. So that I might not sin against God. It was David that said, that word have I hid in my heart. Paul said, I stay away from the very appearance of evil and I don't allow my good to be evil spoken of. Every great leader you ever read about had parameters and boundaries in their lives. So as you're self-evaluating today, I believe the Holy Spirit is just downloading some things into you. One of the greatest liberties was sharing with my wife what I struggled with. That's one of the greatest liberties of my life so that I can invite her in to help me. Greatest liberty, right? And so I wasn't suffering and silent. I wasn't, she knows and she can help me. So I notice every time we change cable, every time we change something, I don't even have to say anything to her. She puts the, the processes in place. Now, can I just be, I'm going to close right here. I want to be transparent one last time. I've been saved 35 years. Listen to me very carefully. Matter of fact, look up here at me when I say this. That same temptation that was there when I was 22 years old is still there right now. And I know that. That goes for addiction. Whether it's alcoholism, all addictions, alcoholism, drugs, smoking, those things that we don't necessarily count as sin, is sin for at least a destruction. And see, people get upset when I say that I've never cheated on my wife. I've never, they don't understand. I'm counting every single day as a victory. Yeah. And they get upset, but remember... My issue is not your issue. So what are, what are you even doing? I'm, I, I, I get up every day with one goal in mind, to win the day. That's it. And then what happens is weeks go by and months go by of me just wanting to win one day. And now it's 35 years of never violating the opposite sex. But the same level of temptation that was there when I was violating the opposite sex is still there right now. And I know that. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, 
We want to invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with you, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I want to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that He died, rose from the grave, and He is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations. We are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.